mind is everything. What we think, we become. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Cameron, and this is Hermit Radio. Over the last week or so, we've been talking about anger, and we've been talking about conflict, um, and those are things that I'm very familiar with. However, there's something that I've been neglecting, and today feels like a good day to talk about it, and that is sadness. Sadness and depression. Honestly, it's it's probably just as equally affecting people as anger is. Anger is easy for me to relate to because anger, I feel not as much anymore, but um, definitely in the past was something that I related to. Um, I didn't feel sad very hardly ever. Even, you know... When I was in the army and some of the experiences I've shared with you, I never felt sad after those experiences. I always kind of put those feelings away and I never really dealt with them. I never really dealt with them until about two years ago when this journey for me started. And one of the things that I had to do was I had to, while I was asking myself, like, why am I angry all the time? I don't get it. I had to kind of take stock of all of the things that made me angry and um, some of the PTSD stuff that I'd been feeling, I had to kind of ask myself and do a little detective work on why those had been bothering me so much, right? Like we know that somebody cutting you off in traffic pisses you off, but why does it piss you off? What is the root source of the anger that is coming out of you? And we can do the same thing for sadness. So, when I was originally dealing with all of this, I was busy blaming everyone else. It was other people's fault that they didn't understand me because they didn't go to Afghanistan and they weren't in the military. They didn't do the things that I did, so how could they ever understand me? And that's not wrong, but some people don't necessarily need to understand you to have compassion for you. And so that was something that I had to work on. And one of the things I had to do was I had to take I had to take responsibility for what happened to me so that I could stop blaming other people. Because ultimately, it was the fact that I signed the paperwork to go into the military, right? That was me. I chose to do that. Nobody put a gun to my head and said, you need to do this. Certainly nobody made me pick the job infantry, I could have been a truck driver, I could have been a mechanic, I could have been anything I wanted to do. But I chose infantry. So, when I finally admitted that to myself, it felt like a weight was lifted off of me because I had taken responsibility. Because in the end, it was my fault. And all things that are happening in our life I don't like to say our fault because it implies that we're doing something wrong, but they are the way they are. Everything that happens to you is a reaction to something that you're doing, right? In physics, it's the, you know, it's 
every every reaction has an equal or opposite reaction. That applies to us too, and our emotions and our feelings. When we're angry with somebody, right? Think about when you're in a relationship. How many times have you been in an argument and then they bring your spouse or significant other brings up something that happened in the past, right? Because we're still holding on to that thing from the past. But the truth of the matter is, is that we don't have a past or a future. We only ever have now. Because the past has already happened, which means that we should let it go. And we're not guaranteed a future. Nobody is. And that's a terrifying thought. I, I realize this. But there is also peace in that thought. And when realizing that all we ever have is the present moment, when you can stop obsessing about what happened yesterday or what's going to happen tomorrow, you start living right now, today. And that is one of the most important teachings I could give anyone. Stop trying to live for yesterday and stop acting like you're guaranteed tomorrow. You have today. And let me put this into perspective, okay? Uh, my wife and I have been watching the show Grey's Anatomy. And it has been making me feel very emotional because it's they do a great job. They're very good actors. And what it does is it shows me things that are human that happen on a regular basis that I might not see in my everyday life. Like children dying. And that is one of the saddest things that happens in this existence. Children dying. And much like, much like how I coming back from Afghanistan said, you can't understand me because you weren't there, right? Well, yes and no, right? Like you don't have to know to be compassionate. And that might be the same way that some people feel about children dying is, well, if you haven't had a child die, then you don't know how it feels, right? Agreed. But we can still be compassionate. We can still comfort and understand what that what has happened is a significant loss. But taking it from a grand perspective, we're all part of the universe, which means that every loss is all of our loss. And all of our gain is everyone's gain. When we can take ourselves out of our shoes, right? Because in your shoes, you are this person right here, right now. But to have compassion, you have to take yourself out of your shoes. You have to take yourself out of yourself. Because if you're only looking through your eyes and hearing out of your ears and feeling and touching with your hands, then it is difficult to see the big picture. It is difficult to be one with everything. And that's what we need to do to have true compassion.
the big picture here is that everyone dies. Everyone gets sick. And everyone gets old. And we're all afraid of that to some degree. We're all afraid of being alone and being old, being so old that we can't protect ourselves or do things for ourselves. We're all afraid of getting very sick. And everyone is afraid of dying. Even if you believe there's something after, the idea of death is still not great. Remove yourself from your shoes and be the big picture. Because every day there are people who die. And there are sick people every day. And every day you're growing older. But those three things keep us imprisoned in sadness when in reality if we could learn to be one with them outside of ourselves then they become a blessing and let's talk about how that's a blessing when someone's dying of heart disease and their heart is failing one person who has already died gave up their organs so that another person could live <clears throat> pardon my sniffly nose but in death there is also life when there's complications in pregnancy and the mother gives birth and the baby lives but the mother dies that is an example of how death also creates life and it's it's not fair to us if you're still in your shoes, then it's not fair. It doesn't feel good. Because all we see is the pain, and we see the sadness. But that is part of our human experience. We are here to observe, and to watch, and to learn. And... That includes being witness to tragedies and to extreme sadness. When a child's parents both die and they are raised by somebody other than their parents. When a child has leukemia. It... <clears throat> Even the thought of it makes the room I'm in heavy. So what can you do? And if you try to spend too much time on it, you'll get lost in a sea of sadness. Because it's never ending, it's always there. The truth of the matter is, is that there is nothing that you can do other than be witness to it, <clears throat> other than be witness to it and to experience it and allow that to be part of your experience. <clears throat> this morning when I got out of bed, um, I don't pray often, but sometimes I feel like it's necessary. And I woke up this morning 
And before getting out of bed, before doing anything, I prayed. And I prayed, I prayed for all of the people who will be born today and for all of the people who will die today. I prayed for all of the people who are sick and suffering and asked that whoever is up there give me sight so that I can see my purpose clearly and be guided in the way that this is supposed to happen. Because in the end, nothing stops people from dying. We might prolong it. We might give people more time. But you never completely end it. So we have to accept it and be one with it. And for some people, the idea of children getting cancer and dying, that could be used as a reason to believe that God doesn't exist. I myself have been there. I asked, how could it be possible for such a horrible thing to happen? How could it be possible that a young child's life is taken away because of something like that? They don't even get a fair shot at life. And here I am standing in good health, and I have what I need. It makes me feel guilty. I feel guilty for those who have to suffer more than me. And often when I think about it, it brings tears to my eyes. I wish there was something that I could do. If there was a piece of me that I could give, I would give it. If it meant giving my own life, I would give it. I would give anything to stop the suffering of other people. And that's why I've spent most of my life being sad and doing the things that I did. Whether it was doing something to try to interfere with that process, thinking that my own bravery or my own action, my strength would, would stop it from happening or somehow change the outcome, or realizing that there is nothing that I can do. Realizing the futile effort that no matter what I do, I can't stop it. And that's my burden to bear. That's part of my experience. To take myself out of my shoes so that I can see things with the bigger picture. So that hopefully I can say some words that touch you in a way that takes away some of your burden or lightens your load. Because that's what we can do for each other is have compassion. But compassion's a practice. It doesn't always come naturally we don't always know what to do or what to say. But we can be there. And we can practice. By showing love and by feeding people. 
and by serving people, we can be there. By having kindness when others do not. When you do that, people watch. You might not notice it, but there are people watching you. And for some people, they're watching you because they're curious. How could you be so compassionate and they are not? Why is it that this person gave a homeless man $20, but I couldn't give two fucks? Because we all know that there are people who are like that. And those are the people that we are here for because they need it more than we do. I was at work the other day and a man came up to me and he said, you know what pisses me off? And I said, no, tell me. He said, people who back into parking spaces. And then he proceeded to tell me why people who back into parking spaces irritate him. For me, I had a moment of anger. I didn't want to be angry, and I try really hard to not be angry. But the ignorance of this person was so overwhelming, I couldn't even help myself. And I wasn't listening to him either. I literally stopped him mid-sentence. I said his name. I was like, you know what pisses me off? And he says, what? And I said, starving children. That makes me angry. And here's the difference. You can't really do anything about people who back into parking spaces. But we have the ability to do something about people who are hungry. Let me say that again. You can't do shit about people who back into parking spaces. But we can fix people who are hungry. But it's the ignorance of people like that guy that keep this world from being better than it is now. And that makes me angry. My spiritual practice and what I believe to be true about life tells me that I shouldn't be angry about anything. But that guy made me angry. His selfishness. Somebody like that clearly has never suffered the way that some people have. If your only concern in your day is why somebody is backing into a parking space, your life must be pretty good. Because I could think of several things to complain about that are much more severe and significant than that. But that person has not had a wake-up call. They need a reality check. But you know what? That same guy is probably the same person who's walking to this, you know, walking on the street and he sees somebody give a homeless person $20. And he thinks and thinks and thinks, well, why would somebody do that? Why would somebody give that man money? Why is somebody more compassionate than me? And one day, my hope is that enough times of that will happen and he will figure himself out. And if he doesn't, 
then that's his curse. That's his burden. Because if that's really the only thing he has to complain about, think about how good his life must be. He must have a lot of things. Now, I know him and I know that he has things, but that's not, it's not my business. But you could imagine if that is somebody's state of mind, they must have a life that is pretty easy. And there's no judgment here. I don't hate him. I actually feel sorry for him. Because he needs compassion more than anyone else. He, he needs the love that we're talking about. And you know what? Probably some great tragedy has happened in his life that has led him to where he is. Even though he has a good life and he has what he needs, there's probably some significant trauma that happened to him that has kept him from being fully open to the world. So now let me ask you, what significant trauma are you holding on to? What is holding you back from living your life the way you want? If you're sad, why are you sad? Not the base level answer, but the root answer. That's why reflection is good. To take stock of your life and to take stock of the things going on in your head. Because you can't fix those things unless you're aware and have awareness. The only way that we can make a difference in this world is by doing things that are basic. By serving people, by feeding people, by talking to people. That's how you become enlightened. That's how you fall in line with the universe. Whatever it is you're trying to do, whatever it is you want to be, that's how you get there. Whether it's to be a guru or a space cowboy lawyer eating cherry pie. Whatever it is you're trying to do, the only way to get there is through each other. And now let me make this more scientific. <clears throat> we get worried and stressed about everything in life. If you're trying to go to school to be the space cowboy lawyer so that you can get that job, <clears throat> to deal with that stress, you know what you do? You stop worrying about yourself so much. Take yourself out of your shoes. Because while you're worried about school and how that's going, there's a baby dying of cancer. There are children looking for food. There are children with no parents.
take time out of your day for something like that. Whether it's to pray for people, or to go serve people, or feed people. Whatever it is. Even if it's just taking a minute out of your day to listen to someone. That's all it takes to, to change the outcome of someone's life. No matter what it is or where you're trying to go in life. You're never guaranteed tomorrow. And if you spend your whole day worrying about yourself, then the rest of you, which is the rest of us, goes unattended to. You know what it feels like to have somebody do something for you, even a stranger? Have you ever had a time in your life where a stranger did something for you and it just really made your day? Whether it was saying something to you or buying your lunch, just being nice, whatever it is. Can you think of a time like that? Have you ever had somebody do that for you? It feels good because it's not what we expect. But that's also a shame. We don't expect it because we don't see it often. We don't expect it because we don't do it often. If you start acting more compassionately to others around you, and if you start doing good things for other people, you might just find that that comes back to you. That's how we change the world. The rest of the world needs to know that there is enough compassion in it for the rest of us. Every time you do that, you're planting a seed in the garden that is your life. Because maybe you do something kind for someone and then they turn around and do something kind to someone else. And then that carries on and carries on. And you know what? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it stops with you. But that's why you keep trying. That's why you keep doing it. And you don't need to go looking for it. I'm not telling you to go and listen to this podcast in your car while you try to go find a homeless person and give them a meal. If you want to do that, that's fine. But don't do it because you feel the need to do something good. Because then it's not genuine. To truly do good is to do it when it's in the moment. When there is a person of need in front of you and they need that help and then you give them that help or you give them the compassion that they're seeking. Do what you wish if you want to help other people. I would never tell you not to because that's what I do. I, I, do, I do go looking for it sometimes. But just make sure that it's genuine. It's not always going to be perfect and it's not always going to make you feel better. Because 
for as many people as you help and are compassionate to, there are even more people who are still suffering and dying. But like I said earlier, that is never going to change. Even if we're compassionate to the whole world and the rest of the world starts getting on the ball and they start giving love to each other and acting better, there will still be people who die. But maybe we can make the world just a little bit better so that it's easier to leave this world when it's our time. Can you think of a more important goal than to do that? And in my opinion, that is the true meaning of bringing heaven to earth. Not literally bringing the heavens down to earth, but making it a resemblance of that place that we think about often. A place of kindness and compassion and light. Where people are kind to their neighbors. Where people are kind to the homeless and the sick. That only does not exist because we have not allowed it to exist. And it can exist for you in your shoes with a simple change in perception. Not allowing the suffering to be so great that you are in hell, but realize that the suffering around you is there regardless, so you're going to live in heaven. You're going to live in peace, and you are going to be that light that comes from that peace. And you are going to infect other people around you with your kindness and your compassion. All it takes is a few seconds and a few words or a simple act. That's how you deal with things like sadness and depression. Take yourself out of your shoes. Look at the big picture. Feed people. Serve people. And listen to people. It's never going to be perfect. But if you allow it to be what you wish it to be in your mind, then that is your reality. What you think you become. So if you can think about bringing heaven to earth, then that is what reality will be for you. If you think that every person you talk to is blessing them, and you are planting a seed, then that is what will happen. But as I've said time and time again, it doesn't matter if you are enlightened, or if you are awakened, or whatever you want to call it. Until the rest of the world catches up with us, we are going to be doomed to repeat our mistakes and to continue to live in sadness and suffering. Before we go today, I want to share a parable story that I made. And um, it's a good one. It's, it's pretty subtle, but I think that it gets the message across. There was a small village that lived off the coast of a little island shore, a very small fishing community, probably about like a hundred people. 
Except there was one man who lived in the woods just far enough away from the rest of the village that he could live this person, this, this hermit, this monk. He lived in his little shack by himself. He didn't really participate with any of the community. And the villagers made rumors about him, <clears throat> saying that he was, you know, he had to be wealthy because that's the only way he could live out by himself like that. He was wealthy and that's why he lived away from everyone. Or that he had, <clears throat> he had valuable items in his shack that he didn't want other people to see. So the villagers in the community grew jealous of him. And one day, the hermit went for a walk in the woods. And while he was in the woods, the villagers took all the vegetables from his garden. And when the hermit came back, he saw that the garden was empty. And he went into his shack and he had seeds in his hand, and he replanted the vegetables. So this made the villagers angry. So the next day, the hermit went to go up into the mountains. And while he was in the mountains, the villagers went into his shack, and they took all of his items, his belongings, his clothes. The only thing they left was the sheets on his bed. And when the hermit came back, he saw that all of his possessions were gone. He took that bedsheet and he turned it into a robe to wear. And this made the villagers even more angry. The hermit went to the temple to pray. And while he was praying, the villagers came back and then they burned down his shack. With everything that was left inside. And when he returned to see that he had no garden, no shack, no bed, no nothing, the hermit went and sat under a tree and closed his eyes. The villagers became so furious, they approached him and they confronted him under the tree and they said, Who are you? Why is it that we have taken everything from you and you are still not wanting to be a part of our community? You are still just over here sitting under a tree. Why is it that you don't engage with us? Why is it that you distance yourself from us? They said, how, how is it that you have nothing and you are still under this tree, smiling? The hermit said, the things that you have taken from me belong to no one. And the villagers are confused and looking at him and they said, Monk, they said, hermit, who are you? What is your name? And the hermit said, no one. So, no matter what happens, no matter what loss we face, it is still ultimately our decision how we respond to it. The hermit responded the way he did because the things that were taken from him didn't belong to him to begin with. They were being borrowed. Even his own name. His name was no one. Because he believed himself to be no one. And when you can reduce yourself to that, then nothing is truly taken from you and nothing can truly affect you. I hope you enjoyed that story. And I hope you enjoyed the message today. I hope that as you go through the week, you contemplate on that. And I hope that when you see 
an opportunity for good that you take in. And you think about taking off your shoes so that you can be big enough to be in someone else's shoes. But that's it for this week. I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Hermit Radio.